Welcome to Sweat the Details, brought to you by Nest Realty. I'm Keith Davis, and I'm joined today by Jim Duncan and our guest, Jay Thompson, who has spent the last 15 years in real estate. To pigeonhole Jay into a specific area of real estate would be a huge mistake. He started as an agent, three years later started his own firm, and for the past seven years has been with the Zillow Group, where he remained until he retired recently. No company in real estate elicits such passionate responses as Zillow. Consumers adore the simplicity and transparency. Many agents complain about costs, while broker owners recognize the benefits of partnering with Zillow. Visit a real estate Facebook page or news group pretty much any day, and you'll read a plethora of comments with attitudes ranging from fanboy to crybaby, from angry protest to zombie loyalist. And for the past seven years, in the middle of pretty much every one of these conversations has been Jay Thompson. His title was Director of Industry Relations and Social Media, but that title really undervalued his role in the real estate community. Jay managed through seven years of protecting the Zillow brand in the social arena to remain a friend even to those who would curse his employer. Jay managed what few people in the social world in this day and age have been able to do. He managed to keep conversations civil, and he managed to convince those with whom he disagreed to stay in dialogue and to focus on facts instead of emotion. And so today, Jim and I wanted to talk with him about managing the online dialogue. Specifically, we wanted to delve into online reputation management. We wanted to talk about great responses, as well as common mistakes. And we wanted to talk about the value of the great review versus great responses to not so great reviews. And has been for the case for me and Jim many times in the past. We come away from a conversation with Jay feeling uplifted about the market around us and our role. And we hope you will feel the same. Well, Jay, you know, I think we'll just jump right on in and uh, I want to say uh, thank you so much for taking the time out uh, this morning to, to chat with us. Um, you know, you, you worked, you know, I met you many years ago when you were doing uh, the Phoenix real estate guy and then you made a shift over to, um, to Zillow. Um, you know, what, what have you been up to since then? Um, that's a, that's a bit, up to a lot, Jim. It has been, you know, it's been a long time. I think uh, just the other day, Phoenix real estate guy had its, I want to say 14th anniversary. Does that sound right? Yeah. Those are blogs. Yeah, our blogs go way back. Anyway, um, so worked at Zillow for seven years, almost seven years, and and retired about a year ago. Nice. And since then, I've been uh, doing some traveling, most of it for pleasure, some of it for work. I'm mm-hmm. using air quotes on a podcast that nobody can see. Um, it's not really work, so I do some speaking and some consulting to stay connected mostly to the real estate industry. And to be brutally honest, to get some free travel out of it. Um, and I take pictures and I walk on the beach and I drive a sailboat and um, I have a lot of fun. That's what I've been doing. <laughs> Living the dream. Living the dream. Living the dream. Well, I mean, one of, the, you know, one of the things we wanted to jump into today was you know, talking about uh, one of the things you, you were heavily, in, heavily invested in when you were at Zillow was discussing and knowing about and maintaining online reputation management. And not just online, yeah. but reputation management as a you know, general rule. Uh, right. What, what are some of the things that you learned through your time doing that that you would want to instill upon those who are you know, either, one, new to the industry, or two, that have been doing this for so long that they need, they need a refresher? Yeah, that's, that's a really great thing. Um, my first, anytime somebody asks me about reputation management, my first thought is it's, I don't know the right way to say it, it's underappreciated, or it's, it's not 
it's not factored into people's business as much as I think it should be. Um, the thing about online reputation, regardless of, well, reputation management in general, it's mostly online is in most contexts. Anyway, the thing about reputation management is because of social media and the online world we live in, it's so easy and so fast to damage your reputation. Um, it, it, I mean, it can happen in a heartbeat. We've all seen it, right? We've all seen companies explode literally overnight on social media. Twitter blows up, Facebook, whatever, for, you know, good and bad reasons, um, true and false reasons, all kinds of stuff. So reputation management, I think, is more important than ever, and I think most people under-regard it, so to speak, um, or they just don't think about it, usually, until it's too late. Um, and that's that. there's a lot that can be prevented, and I think a lot of people, when they think reputation management, is how do I act? If I'm in a, you know, reputation crisis situation, right. and people need to be proactive before you get to that point, and a lot of people just don't think about it, and they should. Well, have have you seen any you know, within the within the real estate world uh, where they've had a a crisis develop and they've responded, you know, well or poorly? Um, where uh, if a thing happens online and you watch, you, you, we watch the train wreck. And I've, and I've seen it happen before where something gets said you know, you know, negatively about an agent or, what, or a company, what have you. Yeah. Uh, and then the, the agent responds and, and, and acknowledges that pain and then responds positively in a way that's going to be – it's not going to satisfy the, the person necessarily, but I think right. it will salvage their reputation from how they yeah. managed it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, there's, I, there's tons of examples. You know, I, I can't think of any you know, big, huge, you know, national viral blow-up uh, right off the top of my head. But good agents or good business people um, that have a plan and understand what to do and how to react and what to say and what not to say, there's, I have tons and tons of, I've seen tons and tons of examples. Of, it, a lot of times with agents, it typically starts with a bad review, right? Mm -hmm. Or a, you know, a, what they, they think it's a fake review, whatever it may be, just something comes in and it's like, oh, I don't want this being said about me in an online review platform. Um, how I've seen agents respond to those really, really well, and actually and, and to the point where the reviewer completely flips around 180 and praises the agent. Right. Um, or maybe the reviewer themselves don't come back and respond or engage, but you can the the agent's response to the review um, demonstrates to other people reading the review what this agent is really like. Um, there's some. Lots and lots of good examples to good responses to online reviews. There's lots of bad examples too. Right. Um, people, uh, it's really easy to get over emotional and involved, you know, get um, all that angst out when you get a bad review, and that's really not the right thing to do. It happens so, a lot though. Jay, I mean, I, I guess one of the questions is does the response time tend to kind of change the way that those, the first reviewer can kind of? I don't want to say retaliate or, or change their opinion or however that, you know, if you're grabbing it within the first 12 hours after reviews posted, is that a different situation than if it takes three to five days to notice it's been placed out there? Uh, yeah, it can be. I think it just depends on the situation. Uh, you know, there's some really volatile and toxic situations that can, that response time is crucial. And there's other things that can wait a few days where it really doesn't matter. The problem with, with, so responding like responding to let's say for example bad review 
you've got that inherent delay time. You're trying to have an online conversation, so somebody posts something, it may be a few hours before somebody else sees it, and then you respond to it, and it takes a few hours for them to see it. It's not a good way to have effective dialogue. Um, agents, most people, not just agents, I think people, humans in general, are very reluctant to pick up the telephone when it comes to responding to crisis situations. Sure. And I think that is the single best tool to do it. Um, one of the things that I did a lot in Zillow is I, when I worked for Zillow, I responded to agents that were angry for whatever reason. It didn't really matter. And I can't tell you how many times they'd be venting on line, which means other people can read it. I would usually say something online just to let all those viewers know that I was that I and Zillow were aware of the issue. Then I'd pick up the phone and call the person right. and have a freaking human-to-human talk with them. Um, not no neither of us hiding behind the keyboard, face to face, so to speak. And um, gosh, so many times I can't tell you how many times um, they go, you know, yeah, you're right. I was, I overblew it. They they removed their comment. They edited it. They themselves would diffuse the situation that they kind of started. Um, problem solved by picking up the phone. Right. People need to do more of that. Um, so, so, so you got. So Jay, one one thing I do want to kind of ask on that because so you're dealing, you know, online. Everybody is is privy to the conversation. Uh, when you pick up the phone, it's only between the two humans that are on either end. How do you translate yep. that closure, that you know, the the repair work? How do you then translate that over to an online response? Uh, that's a really good question, and that that closure that closure is the perfect word because. When you're managing your reputation, you need to close things like that so they don't just sit out there and fester or resurface later because the Internet never forgets. Um, it's super annoying uh, as a crisis or a reputation response person when some comment pops up four years later because somebody found it in a search and, and re-engages, throwing the whole thing back up again. So closure is super important. Um and again, I think that's the thing that a lot of people neglect to do. A lot of people are so relieved that you kind of diffuse the situation. Um, but I would, what I would typically do is in my conversation with a person, I would say, would you mind if I went into that thread and summarized our conversation? And um, I don't think anybody ever said no. Uh, I think everybody said, sure. Um, I might have had a couple people that said, well, let me, I want to see what you're going to say before you post it, whatever. Um, but just post it, kind of summarize it, say, hey, uh, you know, Jim and I had a great conversation and uh, got this all worked out to uh, mutual satisfaction. You know, something generic like that, just to kind of close it down. Make sense? I don't yeah, know. No, yeah. I, I, I think that's is something that, again, to, to Keith's point, I think that when you have those dialogues, <clears throat> if you're able to, to, to acknowledge that there was an issue, apologize, yep. Yeah, you know, I think the apology is huge, particularly the face-to-face -face type thing. Um, huge. You know, apologize and, and acknowledge it and, and solve it, yeah. if, you, if at all possible. And sometimes some things aren't solvable. You know, some things know. aren't. Yeah, some things aren't. Some, some things are just, you're, I, I hate to use the cliche, you're going to have to agree to disagree. But um, being honest, um, I can't tell you how many times when I would respond to Zillow and go, you know what, we screwed that up. Mm -hmm. um, and people would say, thank you. I just appreciate you acknowledging that fact. Right. You know, rather than trying to be defensive. And that's what I see agents doing, particularly when they respond to, you know, not-so-good reviews. 
you tend to get super defensive and it, that may make you feel better short term you know at the moment when you spew it out on the keyboard right um, but long term for you know truly doing something good for you and your brand um, you need to try to keep that emotion at bay and you know what if you screw up admit it we're human beings people respect that there's been studies that have been done that, that show that you know <clears throat> a good response to a bad review is more valuable than a great review um, and, and that's that's not it's not hard to imagine if you think about it so and it doesn't mean you have to um, you know throw yourself on a sword and just admit that you're horrible because you're probably not typically it's gonna especially in a real estate situation there's so many little things that can go wrong and people get fixated on one thing you know the damn water heater was old and the agent wouldn't get it replaced for me and that's all they think about um so that becomes the focus of the negative thing so you know just chill realize there's there's no transaction that's 100 percent people things differently be nice and tactful and honest in your reviews and it's okay to say you know what i have no idea what you're talking about this is i can't connect this scenario to anything it's just not ringing a bell please email me at blah 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 dot com um so we can get to the bottom of this and, and work it out um that's an okay response too because a lot of reviews are anonymous a lot of people it's a fake review probably not a fake review it's probably a review from some client that had one little nit that just kind of stuck in his craw and he left that in a review well when you mentioned the studies i mean when during your time at zillow um what sort of studies did, did y'all look at that would, you know, help you establish, you know, how much, you know, potential clients or consumers trusted the reviews that y'all were out there? I mean, yeah. I think that for, through my lens as a practitioner, the Zillow reviews have become, you know, the, the dominant uh, source of reviews for, uh, for consumers who are seeking out real estate help. Um, I, I, think it, I think it is. Um, Zillow is a data machine and they collect data on everything. They also get a metric crap load of traffic right. so they can do things that normal people can't do um, just because of the volume of the traffic they have they a b test everything um so i mean I, they they test words in the review questions you know to the point to try to draw out tons and tons of data but what what basically what they do is and they also do tons and tons of consumer surveys where they'll, they'll survey tens of thousands of consumers and just ask them, you know, what was, you know, what was it about this agent's profile that you liked, that didn't you like? Um, and reviews come up all the time. And of course, Zillow knows um, how many times people go to a review page, how long they spend on it, how much they scroll. Um, that may sound creepy to some people that are listening, but that's just web analytics. Every right. website on the planet knows that. Um, it just depends on how deep you, deep you dig, and Zillow has lots of nerds working for them, and I say that with utmost respect, um, that like to dig deep into data, and they will look at, you know, uh, latency time on the review page, uh, you know, all kinds of stuff. And so we know consumers, we, not we, they know consumers visit those pages. Um, they can kind of tell um, that they interact with them just from, you know, mouse movements and clicks and you know, when you click on more, you know, read more and things like that. They can tell an awful lot from web analytics about how users interact with these. And then you just ask them, you survey them, um, did this review matter? And I've had, of course, 
hundreds and hundreds of conversations with agents over the years, and I can't count how many times I, get, I hear people say, well, somebody called me and they said, I saw your reviews on Zillow, Facebook, Yelp, wherever, uh, and I want you to, I want to come talk about listing a house. So, Jay, um, let me let me ask you, and I, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to make this just a Zillow conversation because no, not at all. There's certainly other portals, but clearly, you know the the Zillow backbone better than than any of the other sources. Did you were there studies that were done either of, of Zillow or of Net Promoter Scores or of Realtor.com reviews anywhere that that looks at the frequency with which uh, shoppers read reviews and then con, you know, then immediately reached out to and contacted. Agents, I mean, are people using it as the primary search, or is yeah. it a real confirmation? I, that's a really good question. I haven't seen real estate-specific data. Um, there is some just generic commerce data that talks about, uh, you know, how you know numbers of consumers that read reviews, what, the, how much, how much leverage they, how much they leverage them, how much right. do they believe them? Some and. Um, you know, there's some amazing numbers when you look at some of those studies, like 84% of people trust online reviews as much as friends. 90% of consumers say online reviews impact their buying decisions. Um, but those are just commerce-wide. They're not real estate-specific. I'm sure I would think somebody's got the data you. Well, it's, I mean, it's interesting. When, data I, when, I, when I travel, I certainly use Yelp and, and OpenTable and other places to find restaurant yeah. reviews because I don't have an inherent uh, social network in, within those areas where I can reach out and, and ask people. But I would yep. certainly rather ask someone whose tastes I trust in restaurants where to go rather than, than to go to Yelp. But I know, yeah. you know, Jim has obviously been blogging for 15 years or so. Um, and many of his clients, he never meets until they've already fully vetted and fully learned everything about him through the blog and through you know that's a primary source of investigation for him in the age when you know the years when i was actively selling and i was blogging most people who read my blog had been referred to me by another past client and they were yeah. using my blog as a confirmation of of whether i was the person they wished to utilize so i think there yeah. are different ways that that consumers are going to use these reviews and use online profiles and, and other information but i'd love to kind of I think it'd be fascinating to really know what percentage are using it for primary versus confirmation. That'd be a really, really good number to know. Um, and I, I just, I don't, no, I don't, I haven't seen it. Uh, I, yeah. I think you could tweak it out of the data if you really, if somebody really wanted to. Um, which makes me think, surely somebody has. Um, well, I, I would think the, the way to look at it would be to go to any of these sites that do reviews and to look for, do people search for a specific name, read the reviews, and then hit the contact button. Or do they search for agents in San Diego, read reviews, select one, and, and reach out to that person? I think that would be the, yeah. the easy way to look at it. Yeah, that'd be that'd be super interesting to know. Let me step back. Some I don't check. think. This, yeah, I'm no, sorry. On the you said that eighty what eighty percent of people trust reviews 80, as much as they do their friends. Yeah. It's you know again I think it's sort of you know, you know parsing the data or at least the terminology a little bit. But do you think? And this is your looking for your opinion on this. Do you think that that definition of the term friend is actual friend or person that I know through Facebook? Yeah, see, and that's the question. Because um, I mean, that, that's a that's a real solid question. This is this, that that particular stat is. I'm looking at the article right now. It's from Inc., um, in, uh, which is you know a legit site. 
Right. And it doesn't say, you know, and part of that's the headline, but, you know, define friend. I have almost 5,000 Facebook friends. <laughs> probably, and again, I'm using air quotes, right. um, probably 4,000 of those so-called friends, I wouldn't know them if I was standing next to them in line at Starbucks. Um, that's not friends. Right. Um, but so, yeah, a lot of that, that kind of statement, you have to take, you have to think about it. And a lot of people don't, we all know how many people just read the headline and it becomes gospel. Um, you always have to think, and that's what you're a smart man, Jim Duncan. That's why I like talking to you. Because you think that way. Uh, that's a good question. And I don't know if this article, and I don't think it does, goes kind of define how they're, well, I, I, mean, I asked that in, in, I asked it in the yeah. context of you know one you know, mindful of, of friends in the post Facebook world, but I ran into a, yeah. uh, a client of mine a few weeks ago at a you know, walking uh, past a coffee shop, and she was meeting with a new agent, and just you know talking about some stuff, and and, we, and she introduced me as her realtor, um, and this new agent said we said said something, and she said yeah I just I'm so envious of you Jim for for your deleting Facebook because uh, I just feel like I can't. <sighs> Because I, you know, I'm a new agent. I need Facebook in order to do it. So, I, and I need that, you know, I need those reviews. I need that, that, that presence. I mean, are you, and again, are you seeing that through your lens of whether you know, the Facebook usage or dependence is is still as prominent as it was? Is there a backlash that you're seeing, or is that just my, you know, my uh, no, wanting I, that to happen? I, I want it to happen too. Uh, I, I used to stay an inordinate amount of time on Facebook. Okay, that was the big part of my job. Um, I spent hours and hours a day on Facebook looking at looking into hundreds of conversations, all you know, in pages and in groups and in profiles. And honestly, God, to be you know, um, to be brutally honest, I didn't see anybody doing a damn thing on Facebook to really impact their business. Now, that's aside from advertising. Okay. It, right. There are ways to advertise, you know, run ads on Facebook that are effective. But when you're looking at the Facebooking, you know, the social side or the, you know, the engaging on Facebook, it's a, I think it's an utter waste of time. Um, I really, I really honestly do. But there is, you know, to circle back to the whole reputation management thing, there are people doing their reputation well out there in those groups and uh, pages, and there are people really screwing themselves up. Um, this last week with the whole Trump thing at mid-year is a classic example of that. Yeah, I, again, I'm, I actually have a, uh, a a shortcut on my phone. If someone sends me a link about about Facebook, and I, I NOF will quick populate not on Facebook. Uh, so what happened on, you know, I mean, again, just no no... You know, not not a, not taking a position on either either way, but you know, from you know D versus R, what have you? Can you give right. me an example of of somebody who said something about you know there was you know I don't know there was negative for for their reputation? Yeah, uh, sure. Um, boy, there's a ton of examples. So just for the listeners' purposes, we yeah. are this is we're recording this on a Monday right after the National Association of Realtors uh, mid-year legislative meetings in D.C. So a week ago. NAR announced that uh, President Trump was going to speak at the conference on Friday. This so was, so was, what, two, three days ago. And, Jay, how many, um, how many realtors attend this conference on a normal annual year? I hear between 9,000 and 11,000. Okay. So somewhere out of, between out nine of and... Over a million members. Yeah. 
It's yep. a very, very small percentage. But it is, keep in mind, it's sort of the legis- it is huge. It's, it's big because it's the legislative conference. So a lot of the attendees, they are committee members. They are, these are uh, realtor committee members for the NAR. Uh, all the NAR governance is done during this conference. Yep. They've got tons of NAR staff, tons of, you know, the board of directors is there. It's so it's big political. And, it, and it, also in, it also includes all of the local leaderships from the local associations yep. who are required yep. to go. So it's, it, Locals, it is the connected agents. Exactly. Yep. So, but a very small percentage overall. So they announced President Trump's going to speak, and the social media and the web blew up. Um, I, I don't want to get into the politics of it don't really matter. Whatever you think of the administration, I don't really care. Um, and, but there was, there was a lot of very, very vocal and opinionated people on both sides of the aisle singing the praises of the president and demeaning him. So, but that, again, that's all personal protected speech, blah, blah, blah. What really disturbed me and a lot of other people was, was the infighting going on between the real estate agents. It was comments like, you're a effing moron. You should never sell another house. Because of their political beliefs, um, <laughs> you know, and it got it got bad. Um, and it's yeah. just, they're just, and I'm like, why are we swinging crap back and forth at each other? Swing crap at Trump all you want, uh, you know. I don't. It doesn't matter. But it's the interaction between. And here's the kicker: it's happening. Yes, it's happening in an NAR Facebook group, which is restricted to NAR members. But it's also being spewed all over the NAR Facebook page, which means anybody with a Facebook account can see it. Any of the 2.4 billion people on the planet can see all this infighting and name-calling. It, it sounded like a sixth-grade playground, you know? I know you are, but what am I? You know, you suck. No, you say your mom sucks. I mean, it's just ridiculous, petty, unprofessional <laughs> crap. And it's and so on the NAR Facebook page where consumers can see it and comment, there were consumers leaving comments like, wow, you guys are a bunch of babies. Um, you know, I'll never use a realtor given this. Now, some of that was, I think, political, so it would maybe a, just to try to keep, you know, someone very much to the left is very disturbed that someone very much to the right is speaking at an event, whatever. But there were consumers saying, wow, you realtors are babies. You guys um, for attacking each other. So the consumer's not stupid. They were watching these agents infighting and picking each other on each other like they were sixth graders. And it was pathetic. It was a pathetic display of professionalism. Um, and some of it just got downright nasty. And it's just, I'm like, I have a list, I have a spreadsheet, I've had it for years of, of agents that I won't send referrals to. And that list got a lot bigger last week. And if I'm thinking that way, I know there's consumers out there, consumers out there seeing this going, wow, this guy's a jackass. This girl's in, this girl is nasty. Um, and they're not going to use them. So if you, want to e- Jay, if you want to email me that list after we're, we're finished, <laughs> that would be, oh, that would be fantastic. Let me, let me though, Jay, I, let me turn to useful online uh, complaints if we can. Uh-huh. So, there are individuals within the realtor organization who, and let's also preface the fact that NAR has invited every single sitting president to address this yep. conference for decades. This is not since, the first since time. Hoover. It, yeah. it, it's since simply Hoover. that Trump is the first person to have accepted. So 
it was not that's not that's not correct well, there uh, have been several other presidents uh, several since, others have but in the last yeah. like 15 years or whatever yeah right. since i think 2004 or six oh, okay. yeah. so, yeah. but it's it's been a while since anybody yeah. did. so this, this yeah. it is always kind of a surprise when the president of the united oh, states well, wants to address yeah, any organization so sure. uh, but there were those who were shocked and offended that nar would invite him despite the fact mm -hmm. that they invite everybody um and there were those who've who've made comments publicly of I'm going to never donate to RPAC again, which is the Realtor Political Action Committee, um, because you invited him or other pieces. What is the what is a better way to utilize an online environment to you know or or better ways to get those messages across than the online environment when it's a legitimate gripe you have with your organization? I mean, the Facebook group is there to have conversations. So it, it doesn't seem unrealistic or unreasonable to think you're going to have an online conversation, but clearly yeah. I, some of these went the wrong Great, great point. Great point. Um, I think the problem is, or the issue is, these, the Facebook groups, or I guess any group, really, you get this whole group think mentality that starts, right? The, the mob, kind yeah. of the riot, so to speak. Um, so especially in these big, really hot, toxic topics like this and it just blew up so fast that you could see people would go in there and they'd say like hey what time is speech you know they're looking for legitimate information and they think that's the place to go because it's the NAR Facebook group and there's um, I think if you have if you have it, from an NAR world if you really want to get your point in whatever that point may be pro con indifferent get it to the NAR so to speak you need to find who your director is um, or your association executive and talk to them. Um, and you don't have to meet them face-to-face. -face. You probably, odds are, you can't meet them face-to-face. -face. They may be in, in another state or in another city. Um, email's fine. But go, go to the source. Avoid that whole mobish groupthink swamp that Facebook becomes in those kind of situations because it's just not effective. I suspect that the NAR staff that admin that group for that three or four days where it was just insane was doing nothing but looking at comments, trying to moderate out the ones that, you know, had really raunchy, foul language in them. And so, so they were so focused on maintaining, trying to maintain decorum um, that they couldn't answer questions or, or respond to legitimate concerns even if they wanted to. So reach out to the people that matter about those decisions, not not the the world. So I think you know, sometimes sometimes you just don't need to publish it to the world. No, I mean I, I think that a lot of what you know that goes back to you know just from a pure political perspective, the local politics and the human interactions are what, where it matters. You know, Absolutely. It, it's not a matter of publishing out there as you said for the whole world to see. I think you're a lot more effective building that local relationship and making sure that when you make that phone call. At least it gets answered. They might they might not hear you, but they they're going to listen. Absolutely, I, I believe that one hundred percent. Yeah. So, so Jay, we want to be respectful of your time, but I've I've got one last question I want to kind of close with yeah. on this, and that is, you've spent your whole career, um, you know, in real estate. You've spent the last 15, 20 years very vocally in a social presence. For agents who are listening, for brokers who are listening, for anyone involved in this, what's that one detail that you think agents should be sweating regarding their online profile, their online personality, their online 
reputation? Uh, I, I think, I, I, man, I, this is such a standard pat answer for me lately for just about everything, but I keep pointing back to the consumer. It, your profile, your presence, I mean, from your, from the physical profile, from, you know, facebook.com slash profile, the page that shows up, to your presence on the internet, the internet, how you interact, what you say, and how you do it, it all goes back to the damn consumer. Um, so many agents, I mean, it, it, it's, it's all, it's been this way forever. We, the, you, there's a section on every online profile called About Me. Okay, it's not about me. Okay, it's about you. It's about them. It's about what you can do for the consumer. Um, I used to tell my agents: the first thing you do when you set up an online profile, you take that thing that says about me and you change it to about you. What I can do for you, the person reading the profile, the person I want to read the profile, the consumer. Um, the agents have got to get a bigger, stronger, harder consumer forecast. We could go on and on and talk about eye buyers and this and that and discount brokers, all that stuff's coming around because the consumers demand it. So your social profiles from the physical look and format and words on the page of the profile to how you act online, you need to be 99% consumer focused. Um, you have to spend some time on yourself. But this industry, people really need to understand consumers are changing. The internet's changing it, technology's changing it, the on-demand economy's changing it. If you don't focus on consumers, somebody else is going to. Some sure. Zillow or Purple Bricks or Redfin or whatever you feel threatened by, um, iBuyers, uh, whatever it may be. If you feel threatened by it, it's because they're answering some consumer need that, that you're not. So do that. Focus on the consumer. I don't know if that answers the question or not, but I'm consumer rabbit. Gee, not, right not only does it answer the question, I think it sets up beautifully the uh, the request that we have you back in a couple of months and we'll do a, an entire day on nothing but consumer time. That'd, that'd be awesome. I'd love to do that. That'd awesome. Be awesome. Jay, thank you for the time this morning. This has been uh, fantastic. Really appreciate Great. it. Great. I appreciate it, too. It's been really good talking to you guys. All right. Well, Jake. listen, if we can get out to Barcelona, if you've got extra tickets, we would. <laughs> I know that what you're going to have to say out there is going to be incredibly important. We've got the whole sound crew ready to go. He's All right. he's waving his hand, so we'll uh, we'll be happy to do a <laughs> do a lobby uh, interview about consumers. I think it's I think it's going to be so cool. It's awesome. just, what an, I, I so I hate the, the word blessed is overused, but I feel blessed that I have an opportunity. Yeah. Jay, when I retire and grow up, I want to be just like you. <laughs> Thanks, Jim. See you, Jay. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. See you. Well, I love talking to Jay. He He is delightful. You know, it's... With him, he he brings in such a perspective of the longtime practitioner to work in Brazil for seven or eight years to living his best life now that he, you know... You know, again, and staying and staying involved in the industry and knowing what's going on from both directions, and and I think the other the other piece that you say his his years inside Zilla, yes, he understands the intricacies of of working for that organization, but all the while his friendships, his relationships with the brokers were remaining a, a prevalent and right. an important part of what he was doing, and and so he knows he's he's been able to kind of bridge that gap that very few people have done. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, and, and I think the fact that he was speaking to spending hours a day listening to people gripe and complain about the organization with whom he worked. 
and yet he could could still then call him up and have a conversation specifically to say here's here's the the truth and let's talk about the real not well, just yeah, what you it, want to grab I think about. it goes back to to almost any sort of human interaction when you have when you have a negative negative interaction with a human you know you acknowledge that negativity and you seek to solve it and sometimes you can fix it and sometimes you can't but you just have that discussion I mean I had you know you I had something recently where you know I some communicatively I screwed up you know, it was, you know, it's not the end of the world. Nobody's, nobody's dead. But I communicated that I made a mistake. Recognized it. Went to, the con- went to the client. Acknowledged it. Apologized. He was pissed a little bit. And then he was fine. Yeah. And I think that that's what Jay did, but on a massive scale with, you know, however many millions of people that Zillow touches. You know, he was hitting on the Facebook and on Twitter and, you know, online. Mm-hmm. And he would just, and that's what he would do. And I, and I watched him, you know, I've known Jay for 10, 15 years, but I watched how he would acknowledge those those things on Facebook, and then just he's a nice guy. He was just nice to people, and he didn't respond in kind. He just said, "Oh, here's a thing. We need to fix this thing." Well, and I mean, I think you know, his towards the end of the conversation, when he really gets into the fact that people just get on social media and vent in ways that are childish and and are nonproductive. Um, you know, being able to identify that and to be able to grab a hold of yourself and say, I'm not going to do this. Sometimes it's harder to, you know, once you start down that conversation online, it's sometimes hard to pull back and to be, be honest. It is, it. but I think it's also, it's that, that lifelong lesson that most of us have learned the hard way is don't send that email. You know, don't send that email. Don't send that Facebook. Don't send that tweet. Send it to Keith. Right. <laughs> hey, Keith, I'm pissed about this and send you this. Okay. Don't send that. I know. I just need, I needed to get it off my. I needed to have that action of hitting send, and some people need to learn that the hard way once, twice, three times, and sometimes sometimes they never do. Well, I think you know, and, and Jay closed with you know his his detail is just remember everything you're putting out there is is out there for everybody to see, and you have to be aware that this is all impacting your your reputation. Well, I think the brokers and agents need to need to be to never not be mindful of that, right? Because it's something that when you put that out there even if it's a tiny little Facebook group or it's a, you know, a, a post somewhere on some blog or whatever, it never goes away. And it, we, the consumer will find that. Maybe not tomorrow, but in three or four or five years, that thing that you said is likely to come back to haunt you. And it's not going to be good. It's never good. especially because, And it's something I had, again, I've been doing this a long time. I, mean, I had one years ago where a client of mine said that um, he had seen a review about me Customer was wrong, but customer's always right. Customer was wrong and did not understand what, what happened. And I responded, I acknowledged it, I, and I responded. But it was on a, a, walled, a walled garden. It was on a review platform that I did not subscribe to. Mm. And I think that it's something that um, I, I don't know how one can, can manage one's reputation if there are so many different walled gardens out there, like, like next door is, is a new one we need to touch on. At some point. That's a different episode. It's a different episode, but that's one. That's we a whole need, different episode. But we need to get into that. At some point, we need to talk about next door and how and reputation management and, and sort of walled garden reputation management. Right. But another day. Another day.